What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia Podcast, NBA edition. We are in the middle of our team off-season previews. Today, we're going to be focusing on the New Orleans Pelicans. My name is Jordan Jike. I know Caveman's very excited, aka Dr. Fantasy here. I'm here with my co-host, Fantasy Caveman, who is an unofficial Pelicans fan, because that's not <laughs> technically your team, but it kind of is. So, kind of. Is that uh, my third favorite team in the league? Third favorite? How many favorites? You can't have more. No, that's too many favorites. Oh, that's definitely. <laughs> oh, there's third. You're allowed three. Three? Okay. I guess that's the new rule. You can have three favorite teams, but uh, this should be an interesting one to discuss. We're starting to get into the uh, first few teams that were eliminated in the bubble here. So right on the brink of making the playoffs. And I think there's a lot of excitement for these teams, even the wizards that we just did. I mean, you have to remember that they were on the border of making the playoffs and they didn't have their superstar John Wall the entire season. So uh, you know, there's some excitement there. The Pelicans, obviously, a very young, exciting team. It'll be a fun one to talk about. So recapping yeah. their 2019-2020 season, they ended up being the 13th seed in the West. They were the worst Western Conference team in the bubble. Their final record was 30-42. and 42. Alvin Gentry is no longer there. So they'll have another uh, vacancy to fill there. Um it, overall, I mean, let's talk about that before I kind of hop into some of their stats from last season. I'm sure you have an opinion on this, but you know, what do they? What do you think they need to look for in their next head coach here? Uh, I think they need to look for a guy that kind of that is like a proven winner that can kind of that can kind of get these guys in the right direction. I mean, you look at Dave. I've been thinking of David. So David Griffin is their GM, mm-hmm. who used to be the in with the Cavaliers. So I think the, the the very sensible and logical thing, and I actually be surprised if they went in any other direction. But I honestly think it's there. I honestly think it's gonna be Tyron Lewis or next head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you look at the familiarity with David Griffin. I mean, you can't. They had that success in that they had the success in Cleveland. I just think uh, they lose a solid lose a really lose a really really solid head coach. I think uh, I think he had I think he he's 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 not he's a bit on the younger side. So I think with the young, you can, if you see a younger coach, kinda. I think you're gonna see the uh, the Pelicans players kind of gravitate more towards a younger coach and kind of that way. Not not saying not saying anything bad against Elvin Gentry, who who I who I think didn't get really that fair of a shot. I mean, it's hard to you know how to say because he had, he was coached for five seasons. Yeah. But this year he finally they finally got a generational talent player in Zion. Who unfortunately he did? Who barely played? I think twenty four. almost played twenty four games this year. And I think that's including the bubble. Yep. Uh, so he kind of really didn't get that fair of a shot. But Tyron, Tyron Lou, I think just basically because his familiarity with girlfriend, I think they kind of would have the same vision going forward. 
Another guy who I think can't believe he's not a head coach right now is Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. Why isn't this guy a head coach in the NBA? He would be an interesting one. Yeah. He is. He he is more he is as responsible for Golden State success recently than anybody. Like he set the foundation in place right there in Golden State. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- that's uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because that's one of the things I wanted to say about the head coaching position was this is an opportunity for somebody to get in at the ground level, in my opinion, because they have all this raw talent, but you need to build a culture now. That's the next step here. You have the talent. Now it's about building that foundation and that that winning culture. So uh, I think Mark Jackson is actually really interesting. Now, I didn't even think about him because he hasn't been a head coach in uh, a few <laughs> years now. But, yeah, I mean, they need a combination of somebody that builds that culture but can also develop young guys and create winners out of them. So I think that's the most important decision they'll make along with trying to retain Brandon Ingram this offseason. Yeah, I think the, the right head coach, you know, I think – with especially with having a generational talent like Zion, I think definitely. Gosh, we called him a generational talent already. Or yep. is that, oh gosh, yep. I don't, I don't like that. But okay. <laughs> Never said he was a generational player. He's a generational <laughs> talent. talent. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. How, all right. Uh, that's fair. But I think you obviously you you gotta you gotta listen. You know, you gotta get Zion's opinion because. If Zion's unhappy with the head coach and, Z- and Zion start says like screw it and I'm not gonna get in shape, if he kind of need he kind of came into the the bubble not in the greatest you know shape or conditioning wise, so I think and it, it's it's kind of say because you don't want to like let your players really dictate who your coach is gonna be. But that's the state of the Pelicans right now. You got all these young guys and all these young, uh, young players. And if you if you go and get a guy that fucking like if if the if the if the Pelicans were to go and for some reason uh, get like a Tom Thibodeau or something like that, oh. like the complete opposite of you know. They, the Pelicans need someone the complete opposite of Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I mean, Tom Thibodeau's off the market now, so. Oh, did he? Oh, he, yeah, he did officially ink that deal with the, oh, the Knicks. <laughs> He's a definition of a Knicks head coach, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let me uh, dive into their stats from last season here. So Brandon Ingram led the way in points with 23.8. Zion was second in his 24 games played with 22 and a half. So he had a nice little stretch mm-hmm. there. Drew Holiday, which is a guy that kind of gets uh, forgotten in the shuffle with all these other names here, was also very effective with 19.1 points. J.J. Redick had a little over 15. Lonzo Ball with 11.8. Haven't even mentioned him yet. Josh mm-hmm. Hart with over 10 points a game. Rebound-wise, Derek Favors led the way, uh, upcoming free agent with 9.8 rebounds. Josh Hart second with 6.5, Zion 6.3, Brandon Ingram 6.1, and Lonzo also in here as well with 6.1. Lonzo led the team in assists as well with 7. Drew Holiday was right behind him with 6.7, and Holiday also led the team in steals with 1.6. 
Lonzo right behind him. So these guys are kind of going <laughs> back and forth here with 1.4 steals. And then you have Favors and Jackson Hayes with 0.9 blocks each. Pretty impressive from Jackson Hayes, who didn't really play a ton of minutes for the team, but still was one of their block leaders. So uh, what do you think about this uh, season for him? Any guys that really stuck out to you? Uh, you know, besides Zion? Yes, besides Zion. <laughs> I mean, he's a generational talent, but he wasn't overly, like, wowed by it. Like he, he, I think he did what, you know, kind of he expected him to do. Uh, but Brandon Ingram, you can't talk about the Pelicans this season without talking about Brandon Ingram. And looking at his average, he, he said he averaged 24, six rebounds, four assists, shot 46% from the field, 39% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, he kind of, he kind of shed like his image when he was with the Lakers, who he was. God awful when he people was, thought he was a bust, yeah. Yeah, and he went from bust to you know he's gonna. I don't know if they announced the, like the finalists for most improved yet or anything. Uh, but he has to be one of the most improved finalists there. You you would think. Um, Lonzo Ball. I mean, you 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 just mentioned with the leaders, but he was all over the leaderboard. Yep. In terms of stat leader for the season, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Only shot 40% from the field, but shot 38% from three this year. He really stepped up his uh, three-point game as much. His shot's much improved. Uh, obviously, we thought... Everybody thought coming out that Lonzo Ball's jumper was broken, and it definitely was. And he kind of overhauled his, which you don't really see that very often. No. You talk when you talk about guys coming into the league, you know, kind of they might make some minor mechanical, you know, adjustments to their jump shot or whatever. But Lonzo, it looks like Lonzo Ball completely overhauled it and just completely changed, switched it up, and he's and it and it's. And 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 it's worked. It's working for him already. I think. Uh, I think Alonzo Ball showed what do when he shed since he shed his uh, father and all association with him. So that's kind of worked wonders for him as well. What wonders for him as well. I also think the fact that he's not with the Lakers anymore. That was just a bad. That was just a bad situation all around for everybody involved. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Brandon Ingram, I agree, definitely should be the most improved player in the entire NBA. I mean, he was an All Star last season, and he put himself in that conversation. And the next step, we'll see if he can become a superstar. He's definitely not in that conversation yet, but I think that'd be the next jump for him. Just while you were talking, I was starting to think they have a lot of draft capital on this team. Yeah. Brandon Ingram was a second overall pick. Lonzo was the second overall pick. Zion was the number one overall pick. They have a lot of high <laughs> draft picks on this round and first round picks in general. I mean, they added Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker last season, uh, both first round picks. Uh, I mean, they have uh, people forget how young this team is, too. I mean, oh. even Zion, what's he, 20 right now? 
Brandon Ingram. I mean, we act like Zion's like this bona fide superstar. He's only 20 years old. And then Brandon Ingram and Lonzo are both only 22 right now. They're about to turn 23 this offseason. But either way, these are young players. And uh, even Jackson Hayes is only 20. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who didn't play a ton of minutes, but you might see his minutes go up this season. Uh, This is a very young team. There's a lot to be excited for. I like how they did mix in some veterans. Oh, Drew Holiday, who's a very underrated guard, averaged yeah. an over 19 points. J.J. Redick is a fantastic scorer off the bench. So I like the way they've constructed this team quite a bit. Uh, I'll echo, too. I mean, Lonzo showed tremendous improvement. I, I've always liked Lonzo because I think he has one thing that you can't teach somebody, and that's just a feel for the game. I mean, he yeah. has just great court vision. A high, high basketball IQ. Yep, exactly. A high basketball IQ. You can't teach someone that. That's why I've always said, like, he can work on his mechanics. And, I mean, you said it. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him take a shot, and I'm like, that shot looks normal. What should happen? Like, it doesn't look like some bullcrap jumper. I was like, man, he, that looks pretty good. So, I mean, he completely refined it. Even his free throw shooting, which is still terrible, but mm-hmm. he shot uh, around 41% and 43%, I believe, his first two seasons. He shot 56% from the line, which is terrible, but it's 15% more than his first two seasons. So there's some improvements there. Uh, If he can continue to improve, he's a great piece to have, just based on his high basketball IQ at a young age. Um, And not to mention, he's very strong defensively. Nobody talks about that. But he's a great perimeter defender. Nobody gives him credit for that because they just have him pegged as this, like, loudmouth guy diva like his dad but he's really not Lonzo plays the game the right way and he's starting to come into his own which is uh only helping this team I mean if he's their point guard for the next 10 seasons that's just helping the case so I let's think, go <clears throat> go ahead I think what they should do now oh gosh is trade up in the draft and take yeah. his brother that would be cool that would be a terrible idea but it's cool could you imagine? Because Yeah, oh my gosh. I actually think that him and his brother could work because I think that LaMelo needs to learn to play off the ball, in my opinion. And uh, I think he's not going to end up doing that because he's going to be a high pick and someone's going to make him their point guard. But I think that LaMelo would thrive off the ball. And uh, Lonzo's a guy that is a true point guard, which we don't see that much, honestly, in Wait. today's NBA. Unfortunately, if you, I think whoever gets Lamelo is gonna have to. Lonzo Ball shed his dad, but I don't think uh, Lamelo has shed him yet. No, he's got that same kind of. Uh, he's not as loud as his dad, but Lamelo's got a little more of that cockiness, I think, than Lonzo does. I think Lonzo's been. What, what, what was? What did he? What was he? What did he shoplift overseas? Something stupid. <laughs> like, was it like? Was it like underwear or something? Like, <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> so, was it crab legs like Jameis Winston? Gosh, I remember. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But um, let's go over their depth chart here briefly. And we've really mentioned all these names, but yeah. this is a team that's really deep. They have a ton of salary cap and they have four draft picks this year. So this is a team that's going to continue to add young depth. And that's why I know you're excited about them competing like soon. I still think they're going to need like two to three years. And then I think they could, we could see the next Golden State dynasty potentially, which is crazy to say, but I really think it does have that kind of upside. But right now at the point guard spot, you have Lonzo, 
Frank Jackson behind him. I mentioned Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who didn't play a ton of minutes for him, but he's a tough defender. I think long-term, he's more of just a backup guard who plays really tough defense for him. Drew Holiday played the two with J.J. Redick behind him. They also had Etuan Moore, who uh, actually isn't a bad uh, scoring option off the bench himself. Uh, At the three, they have Brandon Ingram right now, Josh Hart. Also a guy they got in that Lakers trade. It feels like they got an entire team from that deal, which they really did. (laughs) Uh, And then at the four, you have Zion, Kenrick Williams. And then at the center position, you have Derek Favors and Jackson Hayes. Uh, Let me talk about their free agents quickly here. Derek Favors is actually going to be a free agent here. Made $17 last season. Etwan Moore made $8.6 million going into free agency. Brandon Ingram, who we already mentioned, um, they can match any offer that's made to him. So, I mean, there's no way really that I think he's leaving, honestly, because they would be dumb. They have so much salary cap space. Why wouldn't you pay the guy? Um, and mention, speaking of salary cap, they have the 26th highest salary cap. So, I mean, when I say they have space, they have a ton of space. And they're going to have to save a little bit for when Zion's ready for that. But if they can lock up Ingram, Lonzo's probably going to command a, a bigger deal in the next. Uh, he's a free agent next offseason. So they're going to have to extend him out. Once you do that, they won't have as much room. But uh, a couple big names they need to retain there. A few guys off the bench. Jaleel Okafor, who is still in the league. Uh, I know a lot of people thought that he was going to be much better, but he really hasn't been able to find his way in the NBA. He's heading into free agency again. Frank Jackson, still only 22 years old. A little bit of potential there. I think they uh, might consider bringing him back on a deal so he can be uh, one of their bench guards. Kenrick Williams. Let me mention all these other small names for you because I know you don't like when I leave people out. Sundarius <laughs> Thornwell, Josh Gray, and Xylan Sheetham. Uh, so actually a few names that people may have heard and may remember playing uh, during their college days. But uh, any notes here? What do you What do you want to – any notes on this roster here? Any? Uh, what do you think they need to look at at free agency here? Okay, so you're looking at it, I think the – Big. I don't think their biggest is so much a player, but we already we already discussed them. I think their biggest off-season need is the right coach. Mm-hmm. They have all this talent in the world, but if they don't got the right guy in there to kind of get them in the right direction, it's really not going to mean anything. Uh, I think another thing they need. I think I think they really need aside from Brandon Ingram, who's obviously number one priority. I think they need to try to find a way to re-sign favors. Uh, it's kind of like their anchor in the middle. I was looking it up. Without favors this season, the Pelicans went 6-22 and and were one of the worst five defensive teams in the league. Without mm-hmm. With favors, they ranked in the top 10 on both sides of the ball since December 18th. And they went 22-14 uh, and 14 in those uh 22 and 14 in those games. So they were so, they were very bad defensively without favors on the floor, kind of. Because you look, you talk about Ingram and you talk about, you know, I don't really know what to make of Zion on either end of the floor yet, but Ingram's not the strongest defender. I mean, he can, he does some, but you really need, I think this team really needs that anchor. Big man in the middle to hold it, hold it down. I think 
favors. They definitely need to uh, try to find a way to resign. There's a lot of guys, several guys coming up that they're gonna have to find a way to pay. And favors is gonna is gonna command a good amount, and it's really gonna test. See, they have the space to resign everybody if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is that the road you want to go? I mean, not even talking about luxury tax wise, but just a matter of, you know, do you think you can win without adding anything by just re-signing the guys you have? So I think that's something they have to kind of look at and balance. Uh, looking at looking at free agency, a couple guys, you know, I don't expect them. They have some space, but I think with the amount of guys they have to, you know, kind of figure out if they want to re-sign or not, I don't expect them to try to make any big splash. I think they have too much of their own stuff to worry about. But if, 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 let's say they don't re-sign favors, which is a real possibility given how many other guys they have to worry about. Like a guy like Marc Gasol. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with, I mean, especially fitting my thinking that they can compete next year. And if they think they can compete next year, Marcus Gasol is a very ideal fit. I mean, pretty much only if they lose favors, you kind of, he's kind of like a cheaper alternative kind of gives them that veteran presence, but they also need, you talked about the fact that they're so young, they don't really have any, have a lot of, I mean, they had JJ Redick, but obviously he's a bit old. I don't expect them to be, him to be with them long term. Uh, I think JJ. I think they could actually try to. I I could see them trying to trade JJ Redick this off season. Uh, he's kind of more of a kind of more of a luxury than a need for the Pelican team, in my opinion. But uh, another guy uh, is I think Justin Holiday from. Uh, his actually, uh, I didn't actually like. I knew they they had the same last name, but I didn't mm-hmm. actually know they were brothers. Him and yeah, I didn't actually like. You don't really like just because somebody has a last name. I you don't. It's hard. You don't want to automatically assume that they're related, but they actually are brothers. So yeah, uh, I think he is a good. He would be a good three and D guy, kind of off the bench. He, he had a he had a really good year, especially from three point range this year. Uh, and then if you're looking at the draft, uh, it's the guy you mentioned in uh, uh, Wizards uh, pod, but Josh Green, I think, is a guy that you look at, especially since they're ready to compete now. And you know, I you know, you know, I'm. I might be more high on Josh Green than I am any other prospect in this draft. I know. <laughs> but he's, especially since the Pelicans, I think I think the Pelicans are ready to compete with this team. And Josh Green is one of the more day one ready guys in this draft, I would say. I think he would step right in for there. Gives them depth at either the two or the three. Kind of not entirely sure where... Josh Green fits long-term at what either position. I also think with all the other guys that they have in place, like Lonzo and, and Drew and Zion and Ingram and Hayes and Walker, just, just the names. 
the solid names they have on their team just is like endless. Yeah. Uh, I just think Josh Green could just step right in and just play the role that he's needed that he's needed to play. I think that would fit uh, very well for him. So that's so that that those are those are kind of what I'm what I'm thinking in terms of free agency. Yeah, and I agree with a lot of what you said. Josh Green's interesting to me because I mentioned they do have four picks this season. Yeah, they have one first and three seconds. I mean, I think they're projected to have the 13th pick right now. I think Josh Green would be a little high in that spot. But if Josh Green, they have a few really early second round picks. I think one of them's projected to be one of the top few. If Josh Green was to slip into that range, I think it'd be great value for him. But I don't, he probably won't be there then. So maybe they trade down in the first. And realistically, you could see them do that because this is a team. I mean, they don't really need a superstar, I don't think, you know, like they can kind of afford to take these guys that are ready to rock and roll and play right now. So that 13th pick is really interesting to me because I have no idea. I think they just need to take the best player available. They have good guards. They have a, a swingman and Ingram. They have Zion. Uh, if they don't sign Derek Favors, I agree that they need to address that position. And I think they're really sad right now. Because Jackson Hayes looked really good defensively, but at 20 years old, he's just not ready to take on that load by himself. So they really need to find a veteran big man to pair with Jackson Hayes. Maybe assign him to a two oh. to three year deal. And by the time they uh, that deal is over, Jackson Hayes is you know 23 years old and ready, ready to really take over that role for himself. So uh, yeah, I agree. They need to find some veteran big guys. And this is kind of the off season for it. If they don't sign Derek favors, because when you look at this class, there's a ton of veteran big men that play defense. You have Derek favors, you have Serge Ibaka, Montrez Harrell, Mark Gasol, Tristan Thompson, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, all those guys are great defenders. So if they lose Derek favors, I think they can replace them with any one of those guys. I think it'd be interesting. A guy like Montrez Harrell, who offers a little more offensively than Derek Favors. But I think if you're not going to pay Derek Favors, you're not going to pay. Montrez Hill is going to command a good salary. If you're not going to Favors, I don't know. He's probably going to be in that $20 million range. I mean, Montrez Harrell, what, maybe $25 million? I might spend the extra to get him, honestly. I don't know. But, it, but it also, very quick, I just pulled up the latest mock. They have the Pelicans taking Jalen Smith out of Maryland with the 13th overall uh, pick. But to be my point about Josh Green, the latest mock then has Josh Green going 14th to Boston. That really so, rose. So not, so, you know, if this mock is any indication, it wouldn't be that much of a, I think with the Pelicans, I think they can afford especially with all the guys they already have on their team. If, if Josh Green's a guy they really want, I think they can afford to kind of use the 13 pick on him if they really want him. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely not a bad move. Like I said, they have the luxury of having many picks. I mean, with that many picks, maybe it wouldn't even be crazy to see him trade up and get a bigger name than we're talking about, honestly. I mean, they have the draft capital to do it if they want to. They so. could, yeah, they could easily package that first and with, with that second that's early or however. And they can move up into, let's say, the top six or seven or whatever and take yeah. 
<laughs> you imagine? You imagine them getting? You? I can't. I just this team, and then if you add a guy, if you're looking at these guys going in the top, if you, can you imagine if they trade up and got a guy like Obi Toppin? No, that would be annoying. They wouldn't even have anywhere to put him, honestly. If they were going to do that, I think they would trade up, if anything, and maybe take James Wiseman. Um, just And that's obviously if they lose Derek Favors. Because when you look at it, I don't even know where you'd slot in Obi Toppin, honestly, or any of those guard or wing players. I mean, if anything, I see them maybe trading up for a legitimate center that can replace Derek Favors if he is gone. But, I mean, I'd expect them to sign some sort of veteran because we haven't even really discussed it. But behind Zion, they have no depth either. And Zion's already had a few injuries. And in general, you need some veteran depth. So they only have Kenrick Williams right now behind Zion. So, uh, you know, I expect them to address that through the draft and free agency, bring in some veterans and... um, that's where I think they need to go. Definitely, it's mostly they have a lot of depth at the guard position and yeah. guys that can play the three. So they just need to focus on depth and uh, really making sure they have a solid center and depth behind the Zion and whoever their center is. Because Jackson Hayes is definitely fantastic depth, but they just need they need one other guy that can play big minutes uh, at the four or five for them. I think I think yeah. I, I mean, thinking about it, Jalen. Jalen Smith probably out of Maryland. Probably a, probably a guy we're going to do a, a pot on, I would say. But I think he I think he would actually be a solid. I think he would. I definitely like that mock getting them, getting him. But we'll just have to. I think this what this offseason is going to show us in terms of the Pelicans is do, is do they think they're gonna they're ready to compete because I think if they're I think if they feel they can take the next step uh with Zion and with Ingram who we've mentioned 35 times that we expect them to uh re-sign him probably he's probably gonna command close to if not a max contract and he's gonna get it from the Pelicans there's no uh question about that but I think uh, you just see these kind of other moves that the Pelicans make because I think they're they're silently gonna tell us what the what David Griffin and whoever the next coach is kind of thinks about where the Pelicans are going forward. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I love this team's depth. I think that's one of their biggest advantages, and it's just they're going to continue adding to it with all these draft picks, and if they can properly develop these guys, this is going to be a dangerous team for a long time. So let's talk about something that I'm sure will be a debate here, but where do you think they finish in the Western Conference next season? Next season. Oh, this is interesting. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this this episode. I can see them finishing as the number four behind the L.A. teams and behind my second favorite team, the Houston Rockets. Uh, I honestly think, you know, I see the teams that I don't think Brandon Ingram's not that far away from being a superstar. Like he's definitely a star at this point. I think as soon as next season, if he continues on this trajectory, you could see him as a superstar by the end of next season. Uh, 
And I think I just think all the guys they they're not only young, they just fit very well together. I think all they need I think the biggest thing they just need that they just need the right coach. If they can find the right coach, whether that's Tyron Lue or Mark Jackson or whatever. As long as they bring in the right coach, I think they could be superb as soon as next season. Uh, just so much talent on that team. It's ridiculous how much talent they have on that team. Like, not just, like, not just, like, raw. Like, they have guys that, like, are ready to take the next step. So, if these guys can take the next step, I can see, definitely see them finishing as number four. Maybe number five. Maybe number five. That is so considerate of you. You're just I, you're I, such I a nice guy. Don't see. I don't think they finish lower than number five next year. So no, that's crazy. That's insane. Because well, when you look at let's let's break down who can finish ahead of them. So the LA teams, I agree. Houston, that's fine. Oklahoma City, I'll give it. They can finish higher than Oklahoma City. <laughs> what we can we find them. ways. They can stay on Oklahoma City every time yep. we do a live or we do a pod for the NBA. We always find a reason to hate on Oklahoma City. Well, honestly, the West is just so deep. I think it's going to be hard for them because you already have. I mean, we saw the slugfest in the bubble. I mean, this is a really tough conference. So you look at the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets are still underrated. They're still better than the uh, the Pelicans right now for next season. Beyond that, the Nuggets will slowly dip below them. But you have those four teams, the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell. I know you're all skeptical because of the chemistry there. So, okay, maybe they finish ahead of the Jazz. I'd give them a maybe there. The Mavericks, I don't think they're better than Luka and Porzingis together. I'd put the Mavs ahead of them, the Trailblazers ahead of them. I think the Suns could be ahead of them. You're forgetting the Warriors are back to full strength with a top pick. So, I mean, this is could the Pelicans compete? Yes, but I think they'll be in a similar situation. Much better record. I think they'll be around 500, maybe a few games over 500. But in the West, you could go be above 500 and not make the playoffs next season. I think that's a reality. So I could see him finishing maybe like, I think they'll fight for the eight seed. I think that's where they're at right now. As you go beyond that, I think you'll see a progression. Maybe they get the eight seed, then they get the six seed. Then you slowly see them move up the standings. But this team, they're just too young. I mean, they're one of the youngest teams in the league. And I just, uh, I mean, they have the talent. They have the ability to do it. If they were in the Eastern Conference, I'd say they're 100% in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? But I just don't think they're ready to play with the big boys yet. I think that's the reality. I mean, and I think the bubble was a perfect example example i mean you saw these other teams even the spurs played really well in the bubble and their roster is not that great so a team like the spurs we i didn't even mention them i mean i know their roster is not great but with greg popovich <laughs> they just seem like they'll make some they'll probably sign like mark gasol this offseason and make some just smart spurs kind of free agent signings <laughs> and you have to put them right back in the mix i mean they just made the playoffs 22 straight years for god's sake we can't count them out either so i mean i just think the western conference is too tough for them to make it to the top and i mean i love their talent they're one of the top five teams if we were going to make dynasty standings they would be in the top five in the entire nba but right now i just can't get behind it for next season so i don't think 
it's crazy if they make the playoffs. I do think it's crazy if they finish as a top five seed. I mean, I'll eat my words because I think that would be insane. But at the same time, the Thunder were the five seed this year. But so what do I know? I mean, the Thunder are making me question everything I ever thought I knew about basketball. So <laughs> I don't even know. The, I know the Suns had a scorching bubble run, but you also got to remember the Suns were pretty much on the same level as the Pelicans coming in. Do you think going forward, the Suns could be better than the Pelicans? I think next season, yeah. So you think, like, honestly, we'll talk about them out. And when we get to their off-season outlook, but I really, I'm not really liking their team outside of Aiton and Booker. I don't think that's enough for that. Such a Ricky Rubio hater. I love Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Ricky Rubio is just Lonzo Ball is better than Ricky Rubio. Okay. I don't know. I think it's really right now. I think it's really close. I mean, over time, Lonzo Ball is gonna be way better than Ricky Rubio, but. I think Ricky Rubio and Lonzo Ball are actually pretty similar players. Oh, well, they, they are, but I just think Lonzo's, be- Lonzo's just better. I love Ricky Rubio. And that's Mavericks, I mean, again, oh, it's... come on, with Luka and Porzingis, that's better than Zion and Ingram. That You can't or even argue. That's not even close. I don't know. I think... Uh, right now. Brandon Ingram's better than Porzingis. Yeah, but how much better is Luca than Zion? It's not even close. He's a. They're both generational type talents. That Luca's just pan, Luca's just panned out already. One of them has generational production. One's just a talent <laughs> right now. I mean, that's maybe in a few years we'll see. I mean, I don't think that Zion will ever. One of, one of, one of them is actually all has been able to stay on the court. I mean, so, if you want to be honest, I actually honestly. Don't... I mean, we haven't even had this conversation. I think Zion's overrated. I don't think he's a generational talent. Ooh. I mean, he's just, everybody gets all googly-eyed because he jumps high and makes cool dunks. I mean, <laughs> when you look at it like, defend, I don't know. I like his attitude, too. I think he's a great team player, and he's going to be a great leader. But I haven't seen anything that's generational to me. But what do I know? I, I thought the Thunder were going to be terrible this year. So what do I know? <laughs> he always comes back to <laughs> no, but with, but with, but with Zion, I just think it's simply, I think all he needs to do is stay on the court. If he could stay on the court and kind of show and kind of just show his game over the course of a season, that's gonna, he's gonna naturally develop that way by just playing. Because he just he just stand on the court with him, and then you're gonna you're gonna see. You're you're gonna you're gonna see. Don't worry, you'll see. Okay, I mean we'll see. I I would love to be wrong. I mean I never root against a guy. He's a good guy too. I mean he seems like I'll use your word. He's a good kid. So I mean he's I a hope good that kid. He, yes he's a I kid. I hope that we can say that because he's twenty. So I uh, I mean I hope he does well. But I just I'm not as optimistic as you are. I guess. But uh, anything else you want to wrap up on? I mean, we talked about lots of stuff with them. I mean, I love them long term. They have great young depth, lots of draft picks. We'll see what they do with Brandon Ingram and Derek Favors. Those are really their two big decisions they need to make. So, yeah, yeah. In ter- yeah, when we when we're doing doing these uh, off season, when if we're, when we're talking about the non playoff teams, the pot the pods that we're currently doing, 
they might be the most exciting non-playoff team. Yeah. In terms of you know potential going forward, so yeah, it's very, very excited to see what they can do moving forward, and we'll see. I think it'll be next season, but we'll see how long it takes them to develop into championship contenders. Yep, for sure. So we appreciate you guys listening to our Pelicans episode. We'll be working our way through all the other teams that got eliminated during the bubble play. Like the Spurs. Like the Spurs, whose (laughs) run have come to an end. And I don't think that'll be a very sunshiny preview, but... We'll, uh, we'll get to that when we get there, but we appreciate you guys listening. If you don't already, make sure you like the Fantasy Mafia on Facebook. You can check us out on YouTube and subscribe to the Fantasy Mafia channel. We are posting our pods more consistently on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. So you can check us out if you just want to listen. We do also have our Facebook group, The Fantasy Hotspot, where you can talk all things sports. It doesn't just have to be fantasy, and it doesn't just have to be football. It can be NBA, MLB, or NHL. So Not sure- NHL. Not that ice sport. <laughs> Nobody likes that ice sport. No, but- <laughs> this is in Canada now. Yeah, what do we think this is? This is America. We don't watch that sport. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys listening, though, and we'll see you for the next episode. Yep.